to Adventures in Autism, episode 25. I am Megan Carranza. Thank you so much for coming to listen. If you are a new listener, welcome. I hope you enjoy the show. If you have been listening for a while, thanks for coming back. (laughs) Um, As always, I have to say thank you so much for everybody who's been reaching out just more and more every week I'm hearing from more listeners and it just makes me so happy and knowing that the show is resonating and making an impact and helping people is just so incredible. Um, again, if you're enjoying the show, if you would be so kind to leave a review on Apple podcast, that would be amazing. It really does help people find the show. And today I'm super excited. I have a fellow autism mama. Her name is Lisa and she is the writer behind the blog Cody Speaks. And I have been following her for a while now, which we talk about this in the episode, but I am just so moved by her and inspired by her. She shares very honestly and candidly about her, her son Cody on her blog and also in this episode. (laughs) Um, I do want to give just a little, a little warning that we do have a very frank discussion about, you know, getting older especially when it comes to autism and some of the more uncomfortable things that kind of come along with that. Um, And I so appreciate her honesty. And I think it's a really important thing to talk about and something that we don't hear about enough. So like I said, I, I'm really glad that she opened up the way that she did. And I hope that everybody else appreciates it as well. Um, I do also just want to say I'm sorry, but we had a little bit of a connection issues. There's a couple like feedbacky kind of sounds um, here and there. I think that the uh, the message of the episode is still really, really strong comes through. So I think that everybody will still enjoy it, but I just want to put that out there. So without further ado, here's my conversation with Lisa. Hi, Lisa. Hi. Oh, my gosh. I did it. You did it. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to Adventures in Autism. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. Thank you so much for being here. I I was telling you before we started recording, I have been following Lisa for a while now. I honestly, I don't even know how long ago it was. I will say I found you initially through another wonderful blog, Finding Cooper's Voice. Oh, I love Kate. I love Kate too. <laughs> um, she, is, yeah, she's amazing. And so are you. So Lisa has a wonderful blog called Cody Speaks, where she shares all about her journey with her son, Cody. And I, I, I'm going to try not to just like gush all over the place, but I just, I, I love you and Cody so much. I feel like I know you guys. I totally don't. <laughs> But I just, I'm so inspired by you and your story and the way you share it. And I was saying beforehand, like the, the words you use are so beautiful and thank you. Everything. Yes. Everything you share is, is so heartfelt and so meaningful. So I'm so excited to have you on the podcast. And like I was saying before, I feel like with your blogs, we hear a lot of like bits and pieces and things are not always like in the time frame. So it's, it'll be interesting to hear everything kind of like from the beginning, so if you will kind of take us back to the beginning um, to with Cody and when 
when things were first sort of arising and how that went for you guys? Okay. Well, um, Cody was diagnosed really early. He was 17 months. Um, yeah, he was, he was just a little guy. Um, I kind of knew something was up, you know, he, we, I had a normal pregnancy, um, full term. Um, I did end up having a C-section with Cody, but, um, there were no, nothing, it was, there was nothing unremarkable at all about Uh the delivery. It was all pretty, um, pretty textbook, I think. And, um, so, you know, and he was, he was meeting his milestones and everything was, was, you know, going great. He sat up when he was supposed to, he was doing all the right things. Um, I don't, the only thing I do remember is I don't believe he was babbling like my first one. It's just so hard to remember because Cody's <laughs> 18 now. I, right. It goes so fast. And, and my other um, son, he was two, two years, nine months when Cody was born. And so he was really little and mm-hmm. I don't know. It's just, it's hard to remember. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, but everything, um, you know, he was pretty much on schedule and then all of a sudden, um, I, I noticed that he wasn't turning when my husband would walk into the room or if there was a noise, he was not like acknowledging that he heard anything. And I thought, Oh, I wonder if he's deaf. Mm -hmm. And so I remember my husband was walking in one night and I said, watch this. I stood behind Cody and I was clapping right behind his, right behind his head, right by Mm -hmm. his ear there. He didn't even flinch. Mm -hmm. And so I, I, I looked to my husband and I said, he's, he's deaf. Right. And so that started the journey of finding out what ultimately was going to be the diagnosis of autism when he was 17 months. Um, what did so, that look like for a 17 month old? I, cause my son was, he was like, um, had three and a half when he got diagnosed or had just turned four. Um, yeah. and a lot of people that I talked to are in that same age range. I've had one other person on who I think their son was diagnosed around like 18 months. Um, what was the process though? Like, especially because Cody is 18, this was, you know, several years ago. What did yes. it look like? Well, for him, like I said, we thought he, um, he was deaf and then he had absolutely no eye contact. Um, I can't remember when he stopped looking at me, but I have pictures of him before 17 months old and he was looking right at the camera. He would coo. I could get his attention. Um, and then he was, and then he disappeared. Mm -hmm. Um, so, um, no eye contact. We thought he was deaf and he would do this, this, odd thing that at the time I thought, look how cute he is. He would, he would just, he would spend, he would look in that, look at the ceiling and his head was looking at the ceiling and he's spinning around as fast as he could. (laughs) And he just kept doing it. And I thought, well, my other son never did that. That's different. Mm -hmm. And then he would, he would look, he would look at something and tilt his head and kind of look at the object, um, like through a different vantage point, you know, not, yeah. you know, kind of very different. Mm-hmm. He was just, so those, those four things there, definitely. I was like, this is, 
I don't know what this is. Is this just something he's just quirky, mm-hmm. you know? So that was, that was what it looked like for us before the actual, you know, diagnosis. And then, you know, when they're three, then they get the diagnosis through inland regional. We have, um, services here in, in California. Mm-hmm. I don't know um, what your services are, where you are, but, um, so that all is linked through all of that. And that's is that like early thing. intervention? Yes. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. We yeah. have, I think most, like every state has like an early intervention type program. They all just call it something different. Yeah. Okay. So he started that at 17 months. He started early intervention at 17 months and then, um, yeah, the, the therapies and whatnot. And that ends when they're three right. and then you, you transfer over into, um, IRC inland regional. It's different okay. for different areas, what it's called. Gotcha. Yeah. In our, in our, like I said, I live in Chicago area, same thing. We have early intervention until they turn three and then they're turned over to the district. So okay. my son did preschool through our school district through like a uh, early childhood program and was able to receive services at school. Um, but yeah, it is, I think it's, it is different everywhere. It, but like, like at three is kind of when when that when it turns over so yeah. as far as like during during that time when he was only 17 months old and you get this autism diagnosis were you just like because I mean autism wasn't even really talked about that no it really wasn't it's yeah. like that's why I, sometimes I see you know young moms mm-hmm. such as you yourself and mm-hmm. Kate on the internet and I think gosh they're so strong at that age and I, you know, I wish I had something like that when um, Cody was first diagnosed. I think I would be a different person. Um, I feel like I would have gotten here quicker where I am today. I I imagine because I feel like just in the time that my son has been diagnosed, there is so many more resources available and so much more access to those things. So I imagine for you, I mean, it's an isolating feeling regardless when you have you know, a child in the spectrum, but I mean, right. you, you probably did feel very isolated. Yes. And you just, no one understood mm-hmm. at all what you're going through. Cause I mean, I'd never, I, I didn't know, I didn't even know what autism was when he was diagnosed. I was like, okay, autism, let's go to dinner. And then I was like, well, what was that? What does that even mean? You know what I mean? My goodness. Had you, yeah. had you heard the word before? I'm sorry, what? Had you heard the word autism before? I never had heard it. Oh my gosh. Because I always say like my first learning about autism was when I was very young and I saw the movie Rain Man, but that was like literally all I knew Yeah. autism. I knew nothing else of it. And I, I really, especially like after my son was diagnosed, I had very few people that I was even acquaintances with that had a child on the spectrum. So I had a lot to learn myself. <laughs> it was just, I was like... At first, I thought he was saying artistic, and I was like, "Well, how is he, how would he know? He's just a baby." Yeah. And you know, it yeah, seriously, oh my gosh. nothing. And I remember when I first Googled it, I the devastation mm-hmm. just because, I mean, you know, I mean, now there's so many, there's so many therapies, and you have such hope now. Mm-hmm. But you know, 16 years ago, there, I mean, it was just sort of. I was like, wow, what's going to happen? You know? Totally. I mean, you, you st- you're right. There's, there's so much more available now. And I think parents still have those thoughts. I had those same thoughts too. So I, I really do feel for you. Cause I feel like we are just so much more tapped into things now than, 
than we were back then. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. So then obviously, like we said, Cody is 18. Um, so he went through early intervention and what was it like for him? Like early school age? He was, he had a really hard time. He, um, you know, he didn't have any words until nine years old. That's so, so yeah. So a lot of his, um, the meltdowns and aggression, um, came because he didn't have any speech and he didn't have any way to express himself. I, I always, I always try to explain it to people like, um, imagine being in a foreign country and not knowing the language mm-hmm. and, and needing a drink of water or, you, you know, needing to, um, ask for directions and having no way of communicating and they have no idea what you're trying to ask them. Mm-hmm. What does that feel like? That's I mean, a really good way to put it. Cause you, I, you can imagine then why somebody would be driven to the point of having a meltdown. Cause it's, exactly. they're, they're so frustrated and it's so hard to communicate that that's a really good way to put it. Yeah. It's, I mean, that's when you think of it like that, it almost, it, it cripples me because mm-hmm. I think, Oh, you know, so it's heartbreaking. It is. It really is. And mm-hmm. so he had, a, he had a really hard time. Um, a lot of aggression. I would get called a lot. Um, they didn't know how to handle him, you know, and, and they didn't, I, I really don't think they really truly understood that he just needed to communicate. He mm-hmm. just, you know, there's no way he, he had nothing. You know, was there any kind of like, cause like my son now we, we use pecs. I don't know if you're familiar. Yes, we did yeah. use pecs. We did. Yes. But, um, you know, it was all one of those learning for a second. Are you there? Oh yeah, I'm here. Okay. Um, so you said you did use pecs. We did. Yes. And that, but you know, you have to like, they have to figure out what you're trying to show them. So there was still the learning curve. So lots of meltdowns, but eventually he did get the hang of it. And I had, you know, pictures all over my house and um, that worked really, really great. But then after a while he, you know, wanted to move on from there, but he still hadn't, didn't really have any words. And so he would start to, you know, throw the packs and he would get irritated because my son always wanted to verbalize mm-hmm. and, you know, we tried other, other methods of communication and it was just like, um, it, it didn't work out. So I knew that ultimately that was what he wanted to do. It mm-hmm. wasn't, you know, it, it wasn't something that I chose for him that I was like, you're going to, I want you to speak. We're going to only work on that. Um, I let him kind of show me which way he wanted to go. So, um, but yeah, he was, he was a, he was a handful when he was little. He mm-hmm. still can be, but you know, <laughs> uh, I can, I can tell that when I read like your, your posts about, you know, his kind of like early childhood days, it, they really do break my heart. Cause I just, I feel for you on the mother side of things, because I know how difficult it can be in those moments and how, yeah how desperate you are to help your child and there's seemingly no way to do that. And it does feel 
like we had said before, just so, so isolating to, yeah. to have those, to have those moments. Um, yeah, we are, we're pretty lucky because Logan, it took a while for him to get the hang with Pax. Um, but now he actually does great with it. And he also does have, he is, he is nonverbal, but he does have a good amount of words that he can use uh-huh. and not always consistently, but, um, definitely improving but I know you you had just said and I've obviously heard it before that Cody didn't speak until he was nine right so what was that like it was it it was a nightmare it really was I just felt like you know I this this little boy he was just so he was just so aggressive he just you know he would run through my house and um, he broke windows. He tore all the screens off all of the windows from the outside. At one point, he would, you know, toss the barbecue over. He was just screaming mm-hmm. to speak. You know, he just, I don't know, you know, I don't know what causes them. I don't know if it's the brain not connecting, if the words aren't forming in the mouth. I don't know what is going on, mm-hmm. you know? And so it's so hard to know where to even start. Mm-hmm. You know, I remember when um, the speech pathologist would give me such a hard time with, um, you know, seeing him on a regular basis. I finally called her out and I said, you know, you haven't been seeing my son and he's, he's entitled to speech. Mm-hmm. And she finally looked at me and she said, well, your son doesn't talk. And I said, I know, but you need to get him to talk. I yeah, said, that's your job. <laughs> I said, you know, yeah. and, and finally, you know, she just kind of came clean and said, you know, I don't really know how to work with your son. I don't know how to work with autistic children because it was so new. Yeah. You mm-hmm. know, and I said, aha, I knew it. I mm-hmm. knew it. <laughs> you know, that is that's got to be so frustrating because like you said, I mean, you you have these services in place to help your child and even though, you know, it's, it's difficult, obviously, to do speech with a nonverbal child. I totally understand that, that they need it more than anybody. Right. So it's like if they're if they're not getting it, what are we even doing? I know. And I'm not I'm not the pathologist, speech pathologist. I don't know what I'm doing. I'm just a mom. Yeah. You know, <laughs> I'm just like, you know, you need to, you know, get him to form words. You need to let me know what I need to do to help him do that. Right. But it's, it's just, it just feels like it's always a fight. That whole services thing. It's, that's a whole nother story. It, that's so true. I know we've, we've touched on that a couple of times in the podcast, but it really needs like a whole episode. Um, so then, okay. So when Cody was nine, what was his first word that he said? Oh my gosh. You would think that I would remember this word, right? <laughs> it's terrible. And I'm like, I can't believe that I didn't write. But I feel like I was in such shock. Yeah. You know, that it's just, I'm like, what was it? Was it, I mean, I have no idea. You know, it's terrible. It's really terrible. <laughs> and then they, no. And you, then have you heard that? that? That quote that's like, mom, autism moms have like the stress levels of like, PTSD war oh, veterans yes. the, the, yes. the, all all this probably has like affected you in ways where you're like I just can't remember anymore I know <laughs> which I wouldn't so blame you for that it's so oh true I don't even know how I got to this point so many times I thought I'm not gonna make it yeah this is too hard mm-hmm. you know it's like it's it's the hardest thing I have ever done in my life it really is yeah 
Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I, I concur and I'm only a couple years into it. So I can only imagine being in the place where you are now with an 18 year old. Um, it's, it really is. It's incredible. So, but what was it like for you? So when he first started with like emerging language, did you immediately see a difference with like his aggressive behaviors or things like that? We really did. Wow. Um, when his words came, um, it helped him so much. Now he still has outbursts mm-hmm. and I'll talk about that. Um, he has a tremendous amount of anxiety, this poor kid. Mm-hmm. Um, it, you know, it's a lot of it's hereditary on my side of the family and poor Cody, you know, inherited that. And that is, is the reason for most of his meltdowns. Mm -hmm. It's just that, you know, he's overloaded or, you know, um, and doesn't have the words to say what he needs. Cause he's still, you know, he, even though he has words and I show on my videos, some back and forth conversations. It's really only about things that he likes, which are movies or videos. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, it's not, you know, and I can ask him a yes or no question and most of the time get answers back, but still, you know, it's very, very uh, minimal. Mm-hmm. Um, if I were to ask him, um, you know, how was your day today? Was someone mean to you? He would say yes. He says yes to pretty much everything. <laughs> so, okay. um, yeah. So you have to, you know, and when you know him, you know, of course, then, you know, but, um, like if I were to leave him with someone and did you have a great time? Was, um, was Susan mean to you? Yes. Yeah. (laughs) And you're like, what? (laughs) Yeah. So, um, what, so from the time that he started speaking though, was it like he, he, has he improved from then or has it been like pretty much the same way the whole time he's had his speech no he's definitely improved okay he's definitely improved and that's where I like to talk uh, work on the conversations the back and forth Mm -hmm. and yeah I think that that it's it's definitely helped him a lot and we're trying to emerge from there and Mm -hmm. build more of something that we can talk about more than just the videos Mm -hmm. (laughs) you gotta start on their level yeah yeah definitely that was actually so I had I had been reading your blog post and then I don't know why, but I had never watched one of Cody's videos up until somewhat recently. It was probably about a year ago. And the first time I heard Cody's voice, I burst into tears because it was, I I might cry speaking right right now. It was just the sweetest thing I'd ever heard. And I just, I, I could see my son in him in certain just um, behaviors and just, just with his mannerisms. And it just, it touched my heart so, so deeply. And I think he was talking about his SpongeBob videos or one of the, it was definitely like, it was a video like that. It was a super sweet one that you had posted. Um, And it just, it honestly gave me so much hope listening to him speak. And I, I'm telling you that from the bottom of my heart. Yes. Cause like I said, Logan has like emerging language and every now and then he will like stun us and like bust out like a sentence. And we're like, what was that? <laughs> it's yeah. just like, a, like it's, it's amazing when it happens. Um, but his speech is like you were saying, I mean, like you're still working on that conversational speech with Cody. We're still working on just like functional speech where, you know, even about one of his like preferred items, anything where we can kind of bring it up to him or ask him and have him give us like anything back. So hearing, hearing Cody, be able to speak to you in the way that he could and knowing that he didn't have speech until he was nine. I just feel like, and I'm sure people listening right now too, 
it, it honestly does. It gives so much hope. Because I feel like within the autism yeah. community, like, a win for one is a win for all. <laughs> right, just, exactly. You want to, like, how you want to cheer everybody on. And it's, like, seeing seeing one person succeed and progress. Like, it just gives everybody the hope that, like, okay, like, we're getting there. We can do it, too, you know? Right, definitely. Yes, it's for true. sure. Um, and on those same lines, another like videos that I always love to see and I would love to hear you talk about um, is Cody and his brother. I know everyone loves those videos. His brother. I, I always tell J- Justin, everyone wants to see you yeah. on the videos. <laughs> and he's like, mom, I'm busy. <laughs> yeah. He's got things to do. You know, he, he goes to college and he mm-hmm. has a job and so he's busy. So yeah, for sure. But there, you can tell that they're the bond that they have as brothers is, is so sweet. And Justin just seems, I've, I've had a couple other autism siblings on, I've spoken to a few that their episodes haven't aired yet. Um, but I just think that relationship is so interesting because I mean, obviously, you know, when you have a sibling, you, you have that, that closeness to them, like just out of obligation almost, you know, cause it's like right. family, yeah. but then it's like when you, when you have a sibling on the spectrum, there's that extra level of like compassion that I, I think that it's, it really is like such an amazing thing that, you know, we're, we're the parents. So it's like, this is our child. Like, obviously we're going to support them and love them and do everything we can for them. But for the sibling, you know, they don't, they don't have to go along with everything, but I find that like more often than not they do. And they're so supportive and so compassionate. And it's just such, it's, it's really beautiful thing to see. It is. And I think it's, it's, it's really shown Justin another world. It's like yeah. he's so compassionate to people with different abilities. And, and I, I mean, I think that's great, you know? Yeah. It's mm-hmm. important. It really is because there's all different walks of life. So true. You and know? I mean, like you and I, like we, you know, we're entered into this world as adults when you have a child with autism, but it's like for your son and like, I have two little girls, like they are growing up in this world like this autism world, that's all they really know. They're just right. all a part of it. So it's like to have that, that compassion for such an early age, I just feel like is breeding good human beings. Totally. Yeah. Oh, I <laughs> and we just, so we need to spread, it. spread that love and spread that message. Yes. Um, it's so I, important. It really is. You it know? really, it's... yes, absolutely. Especially when you have a child on the spectrum, because you do, you do unfortunately see a lot of the ugliness that's out there. Yes. Um, but there's, there really is so much, so much beauty that comes along with an autism diagnosis as difficult as it is. You, you really do learn, you learn so much about yourself and the world and people and it's a journey. You do. Yeah, it totally <laughs> is. It really yeah, is. It really is. Yeah. So you and I were talking a little bit before, um, I was asking you, cause like I said, my son obviously is young. Most of the parents that I've had on the podcast and just that I know in general have younger children, what has it been like for you as Cody has, you know, grown into like an adolescent and a teenager? And I mean, now he's like nearing adulthood. How has that been for, for you guys? Um, in the way of the fact that he doesn't bathe himself. That's a big one. That's a good, that's a good place to start. Okay. Yeah. It's, it's hard. It's, mm-hmm. we're working on it. He, um, Cody, um, takes a lavender bath every evening oh okay <laughs> yeah he's, Relaxation. Um, he's a, yeah he's a bath man so mm-hmm. um which is totally fine because I would have to you know submerge myself into the shower yeah and bathe him, <laughs> and it's, you know it's a lot harder yeah. 
Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he, it's, it's, it's awkward. You know, he's a man mm-hmm. and I look at my husband while I'm drying him off and I'm thinking, this is wrong. What, why is this still happening? Mm-hmm. This is wrong. His man parts are hitting me. It's not, <laughs> it's not right. <laughs> and he just looks at me and I go, help me. So, you know, it's, I mean, I'm hopeful that, you know, he'll be able to bathe himself at some point. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he's, you know, he rinses his hair. Okay. Um, he's just, his fine motor is so bad. Okay. You know, he's, he's able to brush his teeth, okay. um, you know, and things like that, but it's, it's definitely a process. And, you know, I didn't think I'd still be here, but I don't know. You just do it. Yeah. Well, I think as a mom, I mean, you, you kind of do go into like autopilot with those type of things. And like you said, you, you just do it. Like you don't question it. You just do. Yeah, totally. Um, as he, as he did get older and like through, through puberty, cause I have heard that that can be like a really challenging time. Obviously we go through hormonal changes during puberty, which that, I mean, that can affect anybody on the spectrum or not. Um, was, was there anything like around that time that like came about that hadn't before? Um, well, I can talk a little bit about puberty if you want to. I would um, love to hear. Yeah. I'm very curious. Um, Cody um, has always, I don't know, how do I, how do I say this? Um, so, uh, lightly, delicately. Carefully de- yes. Delicately. Yes. <laughs> um, he's always kind of been very, oh, I don't know, aroused by things. Oh, okay. Uh, At a a young age. And um, I remember um, he would touch himself a lot. and um, That's common with all little boys. Yeah. And and he would have erections. But, I mean, he would – my other son didn't do that. I never saw him really touching himself or anything. So, to me, it was all new. I was like, oh, why is this happening? Mm -hmm. Um, So, I would go to my husband. He, No, that's normal. That's normal. So Mm – but, you know, we had a hard time with, um, well, it really wasn't a hard time. We, you know, had a, had a period of time where we had to discuss when it was the right time to do these things. Mm-hmm. I didn't, I never wanted him to feel like it was dirty mm-hmm. or he was wrong for doing it. Yeah. Um, so I really needed to approach it carefully. Um, you know, when he was younger, um, he started touching himself on the school bus. So this was something we had to address right. um, really quickly. And I, I got a call from, um, the, the teacher, the superintendent, you know, kind of not handling it in a very delicate way. You know, I was mm-hmm. bawling on the phone. They, they yeah. made me feel like my son was exposing himself to everyone. And, oh and I'm like, you know, he's not even aware that anyone's even looking at him. Right. I promise you. Or that he's and, doing anything inappropriate. Yeah. And yeah. so um, we needed to really get a handle on it pretty quickly. Um, so, um, you know, he's, we've got a key word in our house is called quiet time. So Cody, you know, now he's 18. He kind of knows what, what he should be doing. I mean, he still will go into his room and leave his door wide open and I will walk in and he's right there for everyone to see. And it's very uncomfortable. I'm sure it is. So I always remind him, Oh, you need to close the door. So, Mm -hmm. you know, we have, we have certain things that we do and, you know, certain, he has certain triggers um, you know, usually, um, little girls in pink hats, it's, 
it's very strong. Interesting. It's interesting. very interesting. <laughs> and like, if we go into a restaurant, we're like casing the place. Are there any little girls with pink hats on in the restaurant? We need to like, we probably shouldn't stay. <laughs> we got to go. <laughs> yeah. So there's, it's, it's been very different, but you know what? Um, it's a stress reliever. So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm really grateful that this is something that he's able to do on his own. Okay. And um, it, 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 you know what? It makes for a better day. I mean, I love your honesty. Yeah. <laughs> because you're right. It, I mean, like it, yeah. it is, it's something he can do on his own. Yes, <laughs> exactly. He can enjoy doing. Um, yeah. I, I, I see no problem with that. I mean, it's, it's so like age appropriate and normal for yes. a teenage boy to have those kinds of, you know, desires, obviously it's a little right. bit different with, with Cody. Um, but yeah, I mean, he's, he's still, he's still a, a teenage boy. Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's, it's just, is it uncomfortable? Yeah. But, mm-hmm. You know, it's, you know, I give you so much credit it. though, Lisa, cause it sounds like you're handling it very well. And I really appreciate your Thank honesty you. because I know for me, like, you know, my son's only six, but like, this is on the horizon. Like, puberty is inevitable it's going to happen for right for my son for everyone and it's like you you there's so many things with autism that you just don't know and you're just like well we'll cross that bridge when we get to it so it's really interesting right. to hear someone's perspective who's who's walked through it and I really I really do appreciate your honesty no I I, I don't I don't mind talking about it at all I know it's kind of one of those subjects that you know it's hard to talk about but you, you know we need to let our kids know that it's okay. And mm-hmm. it, it, and yes, you can do these things, but you need to be, you know, behind your door, you know, certain places and not right. out in public mm-hmm. and, mm-hmm. and things like that. You know, it's, it's, it's interesting because so Logan is, is six and we are working very hard on potty training. He's very close. Um, but I just recently was having this discussion with my sister and we actually got into a little tiff because I was talking to her about it and I felt like she was being, I don't think she was being insupportive, but I felt like she kind of was because it almost felt like she was like judging the situation that, you know, my son is a six-year-old being potty trained as opposed to, I also have a a two and a half year old daughter who is also potty training, which I mean, like potty training for a two and a half year old is a little more age appropriate. Yeah. And I told her, I'm like, you know, this, like, no, this is not glamorous. This is not pretty. And I understand that there's people that feel uncomfortable with it, but like, this is our reality that we change a six-year-old's diapers. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, those are the the things that it it is uncomfortable and people don't necessarily want to hear about it, but we, we still need to talk about it. It's still okay to have those uncomfortable conversations just so that people are aware that not everyone has a straight and narrow path and it's different for all of us. Exactly. And it's such good therapy to talk about it. Don't you think? Oh my God. Well, I mean, that's, that's me. I like, I, I'm just a a talker. So I always, I always need to talk about stuff. That's how I feel. I know some people it's hard for them to open up, but I do think that talking about it, but also hearing somebody else and hear listening to, to their perspective and the things that they're going through Especially if you are someone that it's hard to open up when you hear somebody else tell their, their story and you're like, oh, I'm dealing with those same things too. Because a lot of times, especially with autism, you do feel like you're the only person in the world who is dealing with the things that you are. Oh, I know. Like, yes. like no one else's kid is 
up all night for years. Oh my gosh. This is only my world. Yeah. That is, totally. So how is Cody's sleep now? It's amazing. Oh my gosh. That's it's so good amazing. to know. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's like one of those, you know, he's, he's, you know, bedtime routine is, you know, um, in the bath by eight and then, you know, we do the whole, you know, sometimes he's in the bath for, you know, half an hour or whatever, but he's usually in bed by like nine, nine thirty, and he That's sleeps, great. he would sleep until nine if I didn't wake him up. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That's like the dream. I know. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's one of those, but it wasn't always like that, you know? That's kind of where we are now. We are, his sleep, I always say it's like a spinning wheel up and down and there's times when it's good. There's times when it's bad. And there's times that it's kind of in between. We are in a bad phase right now, unfortunately. Oh. And it's been like a few months of him really like either super early morning wake ups, like 4 a.m. and we're just up. Or yeah. sometimes like we've even had a couple this past like week or so where it's like 2 a.m. and oh. he's just up. Like he goes oh. to bed at like 8 o'clock and then he sleeps until 2 and then he's up the entire night. Wow. That's brutal. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that and I and I keep telling myself I'm like it's gonna get better because we do, like I said, it's it's like a cycle and it's 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 good sometimes it's bad so I'm like okay we're we've got to be getting towards the end of this now, um but we are we're we're getting to the point where we're like ready to pull our hairs out. Oh it's, yeah, it's it's tough especially because like I have a a baby she's nine months old and everyone's like oh how is the baby sleeping I'm like she's amazing she sleeps all night my six year old. <laughs> It's the one uh, that doesn't sleep. I know. It's, and you're so draining. You, you just can't recoup, you know, at all. I know. I, yeah, it is. It's hard. I mean, I feel like you, you do like a, like kind of like how you were saying with like giving Cody a bath, you do just like go into autopilot though as yeah. a mom. Somehow we have like this reserve yeah. <laughs> that just like keeps us going. I think it's the love for our children. I think so. And that's I, because that basically is what, what keeps you going. In yeah. those in those tough times. So um, but yeah, like you said, people people just don't understand the struggles that you go through as an autism parent unless you yourself are experiencing them. Right. And and you don't want to explain it because you're living it again all over again, don't you think? When you well, explain you, it. You can only really explain it to another autism parent because they get it. Right. Whereas like with because like I said, even my sister who I am super close with, she is super close with my son. There's even times with like her or the people I'm closest to where I'm like, you, you still just don't get it. Like you get it more than most people would, yeah. but you but just not really. still, right. You just still, you don't, you don't quite get it. No. And that's, that's, it's difficult, but it also, I'm just, I'm thankful that, you know, obviously with like social media now, we are able to connect with so many people who are in our same shoes because, and that's another reason why I started the podcast. Cause like I was saying, you, you need to talk to people who get it. Right. Exactly. My mom, she'll, sometimes I just don't want her to be on my page because she'll call <laughs> my phone will ring and I'll be like, Oh, she must be like, on Oh no. Blog, right. <laughs> and she goes, I saw your page and here it comes. Oh no. I was so sad. Mom, every blog I write is sad. <laughs> you should know that by now. Stay off the page. Just, just don't, don't even look at the it. page. Yeah. And she, well, I go, mom, you have to realize that this is my therapy. Yeah. And when I have posted that blog, I've already worked through it. Mm-hmm. I have worked, I have written it and then I cried while I'm writing it. And then I would, read it again and then cry more and add more I'm working through it and then I would post it when I'm completely over it 
that's usually how I do it. It's not right. It's not fresh when I post it. It's like I'm ready. Now I send it away and it's gone. And I've dealt with it. And that's what it, you know, and so I told, I said, so when you see my post, I'm all better. I'm all better. (laughs) (laughs) That's a really interesting way to put it, that it's like, that is, because I, I mean, I know like doing the podcast is really cathartic for me. Um, And that, like you said, like you, as you're writing it, you're working through it. Yes. And then it's like, you're able to kind of put it out into the universe and like, let it go. That's it. That's exactly what I do. That's a very beautiful sentiment. Yeah, thank you. It's yeah. it's it's just one of the, and I have never written anything, Megan, until I started really? the page. Not one paragraph. Oh my gosh! I, you write, I write so beautifully. All the time, all the yeah. Time. Maybe little tidbits here and there, or sometimes an entire blog in a matter of minutes, depending on just if it's coming to me. And I'm mm-hmm. and I'm writing, and I'm crying, and I'm writing, and I'm crying. So I don't want anyone to like. I would never want my husband to see me because he would be like what is wrong with you? It's like, <laughs> it's like my therapy, you know, yeah, uh-huh. it's, it's, it's nothing I've ever experienced before. It's, it's so interesting. Know. And that, and that just came to you like when you started, it did. Yeah. Wow. I just, it was just, I was like, I have these thoughts. I'm going to write them down. I'm going to see where it goes. Yeah. And, wow. And then I keep thinking, I think I might run out of things to say, but I haven't <laughs> yet. <laughs> I don't, I don't think you could because <gasps> autism is so complex and there's, there's so much to it. And, and as our, as our kids are growing up and evolving, like there's more, <laughs> there's just more that comes out. Yeah. It's so true. It really is. It's so interesting. Um, well, I really, I mean, I appreciate all of your blog posts cause I feel like they, like I said before, they're just, they're so heartfelt and they do sometimes have that sad undertone. So I can see yeah. where your mom is coming from. Yeah. They're, they're I, most- they're pretty much all sad, I think. <laughs> They're all sad. <laughs> but you know what's funny? Pers- I'm the most you... positive person you would ever meet, too. But I, my <laughs> blogs are sad. But I don't, I don't know. That's, but that's just where my head. I mean, I'm sad. But that's what you're I working mean, through. It's yeah, and I'm sad. My son will probably always live with me. He'll never get married. And these are things that I've come to realize, and they're mm-hmm. sad still. Mm-hmm. It's it's still hard, you know. Yeah, yeah. I feel like. Um, it's interesting though, because like, even though the, the posts are sad when I, when I'm on like your, your Instagram page or watching the videos, they are so joyful, like seeing Cody smile and speak. And like I said, the moments with his brother, they're just like some of the sweetest, like I get the biggest smile every time I see these videos because they, they just are, they're so heartwarming. I, so I feel like it's a good mix, yes, right? That's what I'm trying to say. Yeah. yeah, it's like yeah. There's, there's definitely there's the ups <laughs> and the downs as with oh, anything. Oh, no, get your tissues. She put a blog out. Get your tissues. <laughs> <laughs> it is sometimes. Yeah. I mean, I definitely am crying along with you, but it's like, cause I, I'm, I'm feeling those, those same feelings that you, yes. that you're working through in those posts. Yes. Um, I, yeah, I remember just recently reading one of you were talking about how it's, it's still hard to accept. And I mean, it For is. me, like my son is so young, so I, I still have like we have we have so much more to go. How how does that feel for you now that you know he is he is eighteen and you are probably more accepting of the fact that he is going to be with you for the it's, you know foreseeable future? Yeah, it's it's believe it or not, it's still hard, even though you it. know, even though you know that this is going to be, you know, he's going to remain with us forever. 
ultimately, um, I mean, that's the goal. I mean, who knows what tomorrow is going to bring, but, um, you know, it's still sad. And Mm -hmm. it's like, I feel like, gosh, how come I still, why do I still feel sad? I don't know. I just think it's because it's, you know, you, you want more Mm -hmm. for your son, right. Mm -hmm. Or your daughter. I mean, you want more, you want everything and you want, I mean, I think, he'll probably never, he'll definitely never get married. I don't know if he'll ever even ever have a girlfriend. I don't know if he'll ever get to the point where he knows what that even is, Mm -hmm. you know? And so it's, yeah, I still have a hard time even seeing a a baby. Mm -hmm. And I've, I've written a blog about that and, you know, it's, I don't know. I, I, I feel like I'm growing and getting better, but you know, for a long time, it, you know, and sometimes it's still hard. Yeah. You know, I think there's, there's probably a lot of people who have feel the same way that you do, That it, I mean, yeah. it, it is, it's, I think it's always going to be hard. I think yeah. there's, there's always things that you, you kind of wish for were, were different. Yeah. And you, but you can't change it. So it's no. like, you just, you're kind of stuck in that place of like, where do I go with these feelings? Right. Exactly. Yeah. It's so I feel true. like. I have, I've been like kind of lucky, I guess, because I, I just like, I look at things, I look at everything so differently now, just as I have a child with autism, I feel like my, my whole world has changed. Um, and I remember when he first got diagnosed, having those feelings of like, what if he never, you know, is able to move out of the house? What if he lives us forever? What if he right. like, never gets married, never has a girlfriend, but then like as time went on and I, I had to accept other things. I feel like for me, I mean, at least now, and again, my son is young, I could change my mind, but I mean, I, I think like, because he is not like aware that those things are really a problem, then like, to me, they're not a problem. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. Like I'm like, if he, if he's happy living here, with with me and his dad forever i'm i'm happy to take care of him i love him you know what i, I mean i just want him to be ultimately happy i mean yeah. people are like well, that's not that's pretty insignificant i mean don't you want no. this or this i'm like well it might seem seem insig- insignificant to you but to me it's everything that's like i, I just yes. want him just to be happy i mean life is so darn short yes mm-hmm. you know it's just terrible Absolutely. I put a very high price on happiness. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Yes. Yes. Um, No, Lisa, I've had so much fun talking to you too. I honestly could just talk to you all day. Um, We could definitely do it again. Oh, yeah, yeah. Let's do it again. Let's do a part two. Yeah. (laughs) I would love to. Um, I just have to say again, you, you're just so, you're so amazing. All of your posts, you're so honest and real. I mean, I think that's evident just in this episode alone, (laughs) but everyone needs to go follow you. Tell everyone where they can find you. Well, thank you. Oh, uh, Cody speaks on uh, Facebook on Facebook and you're on Instagram too. Yeah, I do have it. I do post a little bit, not too much on Instagram. Yeah. You're more, more, you're more active on Facebook. Yeah. Yeah. Uh huh. Um, and yeah, if you, if you follow Lisa and her son, Cody, just you, you will fall in love with them just as I have. Um, thank you, Megan. Oh, thank you so much. This has been such a pleasure. Me too. I, I hope we do it again soon. Yes, I do too. All right, Lisa, you take care. Okay. Bye. Okay. Bye. 
Okay. Well, I hope you enjoyed listening to my conversation with Lisa. I just love her. (laughs) I know I just said that in the episode, but it's so true. You guys have to go follow her if you're not already. I imagine a lot of you probably are. Um, But she is just incredible. And the way that she shares so honestly is really inspiring. And like I said before, I know that some of these topics are uncomfortable, but I still think they're important to talk about. And again, as an autism mom, I really appreciate this, especially having, you know, a younger son. I mean, you know, puberty is inevitable. (laughs) It's coming for all of us. So I, I was really, really thankful to, to just hear her speak so honestly and openly about these things. Um, because they're, they're not always easy or fun to talk about, but there are still important things to talk about. So definitely go follow Lisa at Cody Speaks on Facebook. And if you want to connect with me, you can follow me on Facebook at Adventures in Autism Podcast or on Instagram at Adventures in Autism Pod. Or you can email me at Adventures in Autism 2018 at yahoo.com. Again, if you want to just chat and connect wonderful if you are interested in being a guest on the podcast you have a story you want to share I am all ears please reach out Um, and once again I just have to say if you are enjoying the show please leave a review on Apple Podcasts so we can just continue growing this wonderful community Um, and that's all for now so I hope you guys enjoy and talk to you next time